let's get past the today. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man Podcast, where we're on a mission to connect men in pursuit of their potential. We do so by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. And I can't wait to introduce our guest today. But first, just a reminder that if you get value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. Share this with a friend. And of course, don't forget to join our Facebook group and other resources so you can learn more from what we do here at Modern Man. Now, it's finally time to get some wind in our sales for my guest today, Leo Treadwell, founder of I Am Matrix and inventor of biological feedback, a brand new technology. And Leo, I know you can explain it so much better than I can. So thank you so much for being on the episode today. And please let the folks know who you are and what you do. Okay. Thank you, Ted. Um, yeah, I can definitely do better than you did. It's autobiographical <laughs> feedback, not biological feedback. <laughs> there you go. See? <laughs> it's okay. so like, Let me let my man take it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm the founder of IamTheMatrix.com. And what does that mean? That means that uh, a lot of people say like, oh, we're trapped in the matrix or, you know, the matrix is doing this to us or what have mm-hmm. you. And it's like, you know what? One of the biggest problems that's facing humanity facing humanity today is the fact that we don't see ourselves in reality as we truly are in relationship to our environment. Mm. We are co-creating our environment constantly. So we're not victims of the matrix. You know, we're the cause of the matrix, but we're also the cure of the matrix. So, you know, we design these things because, as you said uh, a few moments ago, it's just, you know, our, our conversation before the podcast started was freaking epic to me. And I love so much of what you said yeah. about, you know, what you're doing, why you're doing it and so forth, but embracing that discomfort, like, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable accepting the fact like, wow, man, like uh, this entire universe around me is a reflection of me and anything that's not going good is something that actually is probably some work that I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, being a, a modern man, I don't want to be a modern man. I want to be the type of man that you're talking about. Because the modern man needs a lot of help. And I, I, that's why I embrace everything you're talking about and everything you're doing, because, yeah, we got to upgrade this thing. Yeah. We've lost masculinity. And um, probably the biggest part of that for me is, is that um, that means we're not taking care of the feminine. Mm. And the feminine we find in our children, the feminine we find in ourselves, that feminine we find, you know, depending on your sexual preference and your partner, well, even in any sexual preference, there's still a feminine and masculine. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, considering that, all of nature is born from sacrifice and uh, the feminine is like the greatest expression of that type of sacrifice. I mean, look at how much they put up with us, you know, like for real, uh, plus giving birth, you know, because all of nature is born from sacrifice, you know, the sun sacrifice, heat, the rain sacrifice, rain, the, I mean, the cloud sacrifice, rain, the tree sacrifice, fruit, the fruit sacrifice, their seeds and the cycle repeats itself. Humanity, especially the masculine is one of the least sacrificial. We're so competitive and we want to hoard everything. You know, that's where we get this archetypical idea of the dragon in the cave guarding all the gold and all the women, you know, mm-hmm. that's our idea of like I've mastered it. I've been able to conquer and take all of this stuff. And it's like, well, we're suffocating ourselves doing this. You know, we're suffocating the planet doing this. And in my opinion, we have so many existential threats that are facing us right now because of how we operate in this extremely masculine world that does not exercise the most beautiful attributes of the masculine. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got these things like AI and uh, quantum computing and weaponized drones, all these things converging right now as a, as a reflection, as a projection of this intense, you know, one-sided masculine energy, instead of embracing that, that ability to serve. Yeah. So I, I talk a lot, man. Anytime I want to interrupt yeah. because I could just, I don't even breathe. Well, man, like this is, this is uh captivating and, and kind of pulling us in because I mean, I already wrote down a couple notes of when you first talked about, I am the matrix because, you know, we're the cause of the matrix, but also the, the cure and a lot of kind of what you're talking about of highlighting just one aspect of the masculine reminds me of the, the concept of the two wolves inside of us and the yeah. one that, thrives is the one that you feed and the balance within us is is it's it's a constant tug of war and sometimes we lean on one side whether it be from from trauma we feel safe on a certain expression of masculinity how do we explore that balance how do we explore more of embracing the feminine or taking care of the feminine as you mentioned leaning into that sacrificial side while still holding on to the, the the core masculine 
Yeah. Okay. Great, man. So like there's this African proverb, it says the man is the fence and the feminine is the flower. Mm. So, you know, the man creates this safe space for this flower to bloom. <clears throat> Sometimes that fence has got to expand to get a little bit bigger because that feminine is like, yo, I'm really feeling it. You know, I want to like, boom, I'm going to pop out. Sometimes you got to like open up the gate and be like, okay, go run around and you know, go take yeah. care of yourself. <laughs> uh, some of this chaos, I need my time. You know, I want to go fish or hunt or whatever. And, um, so, you know, I believe it starts with our own base. Like one of the things that I really enjoy, like I'm a avid studier and I work with a lot of the native tribes in North America and in the past, like the North American, especially in the, the Canada side now and Lakota, a lot of times they would have the women like choose whether they go to war or not. Hmm. Right. And cause the men, cause the men were like, the women, everyone, I think everyone admitted like, we're too stupid to make those decisions. So the women were like, <laughs> we will let you know when you guys can go do that. Yeah. You no. Know, and then it's like, then it's like, all right, let me go exercise my masculinity. And, um, but you know, things were so much different then too, where we were held more accountable. And that's another problem I think with, with the masculine right now, we're not really being held accountable. And in fact, there's such a attack on, there's so much polarization. You look, look at a guy like Andrew Tate as an example, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, you know, there is, or even Jordan Peterson. You know, sometimes you say these things that maybe someone else's mental construct can't metabolize the full depth of where you're going. And so a side is chosen quickly and then you're attacked. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we're still exploring what it means to be men these days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I think the base again comes down to is that accountability and being our word. Like, like sometimes people are, are like, yeah, you know, this is my definition of integrity or this is my definition of accountability. And they localize it in one small part of their life mm -hmm. instead of saying, no, actually it's this, like, I am my word with everything. How I do anything is how I do everything. And I accept full responsibility for that. And the moment something arises, it's like a, a stick in the eye that's calling you out to like really, instead of like reacting so quickly to really take a look at that and be like, huh, all right, well, let me, let me, why am I getting this feedback? Mm -hmm. You know I mean? Feedback is like so important, but also at times, you know, we roll, you know, and there's these other types of feedback. We get this totally untrue. I had a conversation with a woman at the beach this morning mm -hmm. and uh, she's Russian. Uh, we were with a Ukrainian friend and uh, I had just met one of them, the Russian actually, we were talking about Papashana meditation and we were talking about balance. And um, something that I've learned is that whenever nature is in balance, mm -hmm. look out, something's going to change really fast because that balance doesn't happen very long. It's got to be a flow, you know, yeah. of, of things moving. You're talking to a meteorologist and it's, it's kind of like we just had a cold snap and everyone's like, how do we go from literally a high of 40 degrees on Wednesday to 70 on Saturday. And it's the big swing of temperatures there. There's when there's balance and it's temperate for a while, you know, weather's going to have a violent change to it. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, have you ever heard of a book called stalking the wild pendulum? Speaking of that? No. Okay, dude, I totally recommend that. That's like a gem that almost every human development guru out there mm -hmm. for hundred years has like mastered this book because you just mentioned that and it relates a lot to uh you know natural rhythms we find in nature yeah natural rhythms find in nature obviously um <laughs> so stalking the wild, wild pendulum pendulum yes pendulum. it dudes to all your guests out there get that book save yeah. a lot of money on listening to a lot of <laughs> gurus and just get that book and read it they should be telling you to read that book a long time ago yeah you so were just touching exactly. on you were just touching on the this um and help me with the word auto Autobiographical feedback. Autobiographical feedback. There you go. So when you're talking about that feedback, because you kind of like we're alluding to that. Sorry to interrupt because I wanted to kind of pick up where you left off. I feel like you were leaning into how that feedback might be maybe some indicators on how we're living, maybe some indicators on maybe where we're going. Mm. How, how, can we, how can we pay attention to that feedback? Because... Mm. I feel as though I've, I've ignored feedback for a while. Uh -huh. Like one Eureka moment I had was a pair of sweats that I didn't really like. They were, they were baggy on me. I've had them for years, but they're really, really comfortable. And one day I was looking in the mirror and I told my wife, I said, you know, these sweats are really comfortable, but I don't like how they look. And she's like, I've told you for years, I don't like how they look. Uh -huh. And I thought to myself, well, I could just buy a comfortable pair of sweats for like $20. So I threw them out, but it was like a Eureka moment. Like, wait, I don't like these sweatpants. Why do I still have them? <laughs> so, I, I felt like I was ignoring how I felt the whole time. I don't know if I'm on the right track with that, but uh, that's kind of how I'm interpreting some of some of what you're you're explaining. 
Well, sure. I mean, I mean, what I hear you saying anyway is that uh, I wasn't listening to my wife for a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, like like uh reality's made an agreement right so you knew but you weren't even in agreement with yourself your wife knew you knew but you still weren't in agreement with yourself right so yeah. when you finally had that eureka moment you're like oh i'm in agreement with myself get rid of these suckers right now okay. well so when i was talking about autobiographical feedback and when we're talking about feedback uh, from the field, from a reflection of mm-hmm. us, a mirror. Um, it's actually two different things. And dang, I'll tell you, Ted, the door you open with that, though, is, is incredible. So l- let me share a little bit about autobiographical feedback to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure all your listeners understand this simple concept. We live in a story. We mm-hmm. each have a story. Our collective story creates this world that we're sharing right now, like all of our individual stories. Why? Because they're swinging in that pendulum. Mm. Because all of nature looks for a way to harmonize and work together, despite our toxic masculinity, if we have that, or our lack of understanding what it means to be a man or a woman or whatever, we're still going to find that that equilibrium where it's going to want to swing together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it looks like balance. Sometimes it looks like chaos, whatever, but it's always doing that side note. The human body mind has 976 external rhythms based on, I'm sorry, internal rhythms based on external cues, like barometric pressure, Mm -hmm. temperature, tidal movements, solar flares, temperature, all of these things that the pineal gland and pituitary gland are organizing these cosmic rhythms, 976 known ones. Uh, hmm. infradian light, or I mean, infrared light, ultraviolet light called infradian rhythms, circadian rhythms, circular movement of this, the moon, the sun. Was that um, what the uh, Mercury retrograde that folks were talking about was? Does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> it certainly has an impact on us. It certainly sure. has an impact on us. Um, although, geez louise man so i don't want to offend anybody and stuff but like i'm a real hard science guy for for like i want to know like what's yeah. the math how do i get in this thing and change things and a lot of yeah. times people be like oh you know what I, I i created this problem in my life today because mercury's in retrograde i'm always like okay <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like you don't want to use it like as an excuse like it's like come on now <laughs> yeah but i mean these things they do have an effect on us you know that's why we mm. have the god of jupiter and the god of mars and the god of venus to represent different emotional responses different archetypes of being because they're in reality mm. so damn man i won't really want to get back to what we're talking about but this is such a good subject too is that <laughs> it's these 976 rhythms that we have um you know, when people talk about astrology as an example, we're way off base with astrology right now because people are like, when's your birthday? Oh, yeah, December 7th, 1968. Okay. Well, it's like, no, my birthday is actually three days after the full moon that precedes the winter solstice. Hmm. That's my real date because then I can really localize in on where the movement of the stars and so forth based on that and understanding that each year, my birthday is not December 7th. It's three days after the full moon that precedes the winter solstice. So oh, we can wow. really fine tune into how do these external rhythms really impact our body and what happens when our mind again going back to that pendulum Mm -hmm. and going back to natural law falls into step with real time real time because it's everything comes down to coherence why because we're living in a universe one vibration one song one verse universe right so that vibration that song that sound that that coherence the more we can do to fall into coherence with our path, quit the day job, and we mm-hmm. can, uh, you know, wake up to that blueprint of that butterfly within us and become a butterfly warrior and go out there and be like, yo, this is my truth. Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. So now I'm going to come back to autobiographical feedback. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be on the show right now. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be doing this work if I was doing the same thing as everybody else. There's already enough people doing it, not interested. So what I decided to do is... Uh, I'm I'm interrupting the pattern, bro, and I'm gonna I'm bringing a disruptive technology to this whole field. And pretty soon, if you're not using this technology in this industry within I don't know maybe months, maybe a couple of years, depends on how fast this gets out there, then you'll be left in the dust. Everything we're looking at in the past, I don't want to name names, but the, the the masters who have been awesome, and I've studied all these guys, and I appreciate all these guys and all that sort of stuff. The masters who started this. Mm-hmm. Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, all these types of guys, their work is killer, killer. Deepak Chopra, Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, 
uh, Carolyn Mace, Candace Pert, Molecules of Emotion, Biology of Belief, uh, you name it, this stuff is just bomb.com. But what's the difficulty? Implementing it. Yeah. Implementing. And that's where we're coming in with I Am The Matrix. So autobiographical feedback. And uh, so we have a series called The Language of Enlightenment. And we have three programs within that series. The first one is called The Great Spiritual Reset. Why? Because we need a great spiritual reset right now. We mm. do. We need one big time. We got eight, pe 8 billion people on the planet, each one of us with 6,000 thoughts a day. That's a total of 48 trillion seeds we're planting in the field for tomorrow. 48 trillion threads that sow into tapestry of the fabric of reality tomorrow. 48 trillion mm. prayers that we're emitting either consciously or unconsciously into the field. And guess what? Probably everybody listening to this podcast has never even heard that. So we need to get to work. We need to understand we've got to get to a tipping point with men, women, children, all of us together working with nature, working with natural law, waking up to the truth of who and what we are in relationship to the world around us. Understanding yeah. that you and I, we got these kick ass avatar high tech bio suits that we're wearing that have hundreds of trillions of neural connections, DNA that'll hold up to 215 petabytes of information per gram. Mm -hmm. um, these things are just like, it's incredible what they're capable of doing. <laughs> Nature does not build something like this and have us be sitting around like, yeah, what's going on? You know, like, yeah. we're like totally underutilizing this thing. So this just last week, it's amazing that you're, you're saying this. And I just want the audience to know that I, I appreciate being able to be humble and transparent because I'm learning so much. And we're only 15, 16 minutes into the episode. Now, I think I can confidently say autobiographical feedback. And at the start of the episode, I couldn't even say that. So I'm absorbing all of this. But at the same time, the timing, because I just did breath work last week for the first time and uh, had a friend put me through it and, and my reflection of it. And we were walking through the feedback and and what you're saying, I was just talking I was just letting it flow right after the breath work and, I, and, and the meditative state in my and the ox, oxygenated blood. And I and he's like, what's on your mind? I said, powerful. I said. We are so powerful. I talked about the the twitch of our muscles that fights gravity and lifts us off the ground. The fact that I make mountains out of molehills and all these things. And so many people might think, oh, I think of that essay you want to write, that podcast you want to start or whatever it is you're trying to start. And then you push it off for hours, days, weeks, months, years. And when you sit down to actually do it, oh, it wasn't that bad. We suffer more in our imagination than we do in reality. And this is all kind of coming to fruition. So when you're talking to me about this, like, I want you to know, it's like, there's a lot of triggers going on in the back of my head of, of, yeah, this is making sense. This is coming together because that autobiographical feedback, it, it's almost like the implementation of it is, is unleashing the power that's already within. Is that correct? Yeah. You want to know how it works? Please. Okay. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of mnemonics? <laughs> No. Okay, I've so heard of it, but I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. So mnemonics is an ancient, ancient mind-hacking technology by the Greeks. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So it's a system for, like, waking up memory and, and increasing the storage capacity inside of the mind, the body-mind. When I say body-mind, we have 40 trillion thinking and feeling cells. I got a bottle of water here. See this, everybody? Bottle of water. And in reality, I'm thirsty. But how do I know I'm thirsty? Well, there's a messenger molecule that's shooting through my body mind called angiotensin 2 that's checking in with these 40 trillion cells that's going to them. And it's like, yo, you guys dehydrated? And when enough of them come back and say, yeah, we're a little bit thirsty right now, that's when I have one of my 6,000 conscious thoughts, which is I'm going to get myself a drink of water. Mm. So we got these thinking bodies that have this story that is running in it all the time. And, you know, we are, you and I, we are the same person. We share one mind. This mm -hmm. one mind is filtering through these high-tech avatar bio suits that we're wearing, right? That's another aspect of seeing reality as it is and, and like really being like, okay, let's wake up. What are we living in? Who are we? What are we? Why are mm -hmm. we here? You know? Yeah. So autobiographical feedback takes that work of those masters I was telling you about. Like Tony Robbins teaches neural associative conditioning. Badass. Badass. Um, I'm a neurolinguistic programming master practitioner, timeline therapy master practitioner, hypno uh, hypnotherapist, blah, blah, blah. Who cares, right? Who cares? Can I implement that stuff in my life? Yeah. How? Mm -hmm. Autobiographical feedback. How does it work? So we take mnemonics. It's this pegging system for increasing the memory. Then we go back to ancient Mesopotamia, where they had something called gematria. Mm -hmm. So let's 
Got to take this in super solid. Mix mnemonics with gematria. What is gematria? Well, gematria is this ancient cipher text that's woven into the Bible. It's woven into the Kabbalah. It's woven into the Torah. And for even right now, there's messages sent around on shortwave radio around the world using the cipher to the elitists running the world. Swear to God. Mm. Swear to God, it's happening right now. So occultists, mystics, and elitists have, have known this technology that's encoded into number signs and symbols for thousands of years, and the average person hasn't. So what <laughs> I've done is I've combined the ancient Greeks' work with the mnemonics, with the ancient Mesopotamian work of gematria, with applied neuroplasticity and the technologies that we find in neural associative conditioning, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, um, epigenetics, the self-healing response. All of that stuff is encoded into external anchors around me. There's hundreds of millions of them that trigger imagery, three-dimensional contextual imagery, mm -hmm. affirmative statements, declarations, emotional states, questions, um, and so much data that you can even possibly imagine from your exit strategy for your financial uh, freedom to mm -hmm. the re dream relationships. I'm being interrupted with this stuff all the time. So what happens when I'm interrupted? Well, because it's a new language with my autobiography encoded into it, my dream life, my epic story, that blueprint of the butterfly, that part of you that isn't working as a meteorologist, nothing wrong with it at all. Kick ass, congrats, but you yeah. got some bigger work to do. That story constantly feeding back to you and interrupting you and creating emotional leverage everywhere you go. This begins to pattern new neural connections inside of the brain. How? Because I have this new language with these external anchors. How does it work? It works very similar to the AI-generated algorithms. It works very good, like very much like the uh, corporate narratives and political agendas. Yeah. Like most sophisticated marketing anchors that we see or experience when we're on social media. But this is even more powerful. Yeah. far more powerful. So if I go to a Tony Robbins event or I go to a, you know, I went to Greg Braden event a couple of weeks ago. I went to a Joe Dispenza event a couple of weeks ago, just to check out what they're doing. Cause I haven't been in the industry for almost 15 years. Mm -hmm. Just recently after COVID, some friends and family came to me and said, yo dude, it's time for you to get your work out there now. And I beta tested it in the past. I shared the stage with Deepak Chopra and the Tony Robbins team and all these guys in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't interested because I'm here to change the world. People didn't care about changing the world back then. They're and yeah. my motivation has always been, I want to change the world. Yeah. Now people are more interested in that because they see like, holy shit, where's the world going right now? Well, We're all asking that. Yeah. yeah. So this technology, I swear to God, somebody signs up for our language enlightenment series. I swear to God, they do those three programs. They're going to have more control over the direction of their thoughts and the quality of their emotions than they ever dreamed. Yeah. And they will be able to implement all of the technologies, books, et cetera, that they've read into this feedback that will feedback to them, fire and wire new patterns, create new emotional responses. And the technology, like I mentioned about drinking the water, the angiotensin too, there's so many ways that can be leveraged mm -hmm. that, is, that is being used on us right now instead of us yeah. using it. Yeah, that has yeah. to do with the masculine. Why? Because this is our power. It's our creative force. Like, yo, mind is primary. Matter is secondary. We need to wake up to this. We can't control the mind. Then matter, quit dealing with the symptom. Yeah. We need to deal with the cause. So this is this is amazing because it's and it's highly complex and thankfully that my, my day job as a meteorologist helps me take complex uh, constructs, break them down into simplicity because when you're talking about the language with the external anchors and, and mnemonics, uh, was it Gematria? Gematria. I'm trying to write these notes down. That's I'm all right, man. You're doing great. But, but with the, the tapping into the memory and you're mentioning kind of that other existence that lives outside of Ted as a meteorologist and all that, almost yeah. as though so many of us are walking around knowing that we should be doing something else. Almost like that intuition, that gut feeling, right? That, is that what you're talking about in terms of that autobiographical feedback of, man, I just feel like I should be doing something else. Like, and, and I'm, and we've spent so much time ignoring that as a society. We spent so much time silencing that as a society that we are now predispositioned to operate in a certain, in a certain way that we ignore that intuition. We ignore maybe our innate connection and understanding to, Oh, um, yeah, I'm thirsty. Let me pick up the bottle. It's almost the fact of why if somebody were, if you take two people, you put pistachios in them, one is shelled, the other's not. 
the fact that they're shelled, that person's going to eat less pistachios because there's longer time for the signal to get to the brain of I'm full. I'm not hungry anymore. Right. And it's almost as though we have so many distractions and notifications coming at us at a million miles an hour that we don't have enough silence to fully listen to the intuition and the autobiographical feedback that our bodies are telling us. Am I, am I picking up on it? You're, you're getting there. On I'm, the, almost, I, I'm trying. You're, you're heading in that direction. So yeah. listen, autobiographical feedback is the technology of gematria and mnemonics and all these other transformational technologies that are built together. It's actually a technology. It's not a mindset. It's not Correct. a mindset. So okay. all of those distractions that you're getting, I think the average person in the Western world, I think it's like 60,000 marketing messages they get a day if they're on social media, open up their medicine cabinet, turn on the TV, look at their computer, driving down the road, open the refrigerator, something like 60,000 in a day, right? Mm -hmm. So, all right, we got 24 hours in a day. We got 6,000 thoughts. That's 250 thoughts per hour. That's four thoughts per minute. How many of those are yours? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So when we create this anchored system around us, what happens? It interrupts the pattern of the algorithms coming. It interrupts the marketing. It interrupts the uh, social engineering, the social hypnosis. And it interrupts it with the story of why you're here. Now, we got a 30 minute podcast, 60 minute podcast, something like that. Um, this technology I've been working on for 20 something years. This could be really tough for me to be able to. That's why I wanted to have a conversation before this started to hey, help hey. you understand this. Then we could dive into it, but we can do another podcast later. Hey, but listen, I'll push the time on this one. Keep going. Okay, man. cool. Cool. <laughs> so here's how, here's an idea of how it works. Um, if you're a Kabbalistic mystic thousands of years ago, or even today, right? You open up the Kabbalah or you open up the Torah or look at the Old Testament, the Bible, and you can look at every phonetic. That's a sound like bapa. Say bapa, 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 What does your, where, where your lips come together at when you, or you notice when you say ba and pa? Yeah. Your lips touch, right? The B and the P, yeah. Yeah. Now say latha, latha, latha. Latha, latha, Okay. Let's say la, like love, tha, like the, right? Tha, tha. The, Where's your the, tongue? The top of the, my, my mouth and the back of my teeth. Not the same as the B and P, right? No. No, totally different. So every phonetic combination, sh cha cha latha, ba-pa, these have, I know this, this is crazy. Yeah. So anyways, they have their own vibration to go out. Mm -hmm. Everything in the universe is based on numbers is what it breaks down to. These vibrations break down to numbers. Mm -hmm. So these phonetics have a numeric value. So I can give you some numbers, bump, 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 once you learn the system and you can begin to read a story that you created about you. Hmm. It's the most badass, epic, freaking hero's journey, messianic voyage you can even dream of. And as you see these combinations of anchors that you created, and you're right, it's a very sophisticated technology. I created a fucking sophisticated technology to take on the elitists that are, that are controlling our minds right now. Yeah. Created to be a shield and a sword to cut through to the truth of who we are. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very sophisticated technology, but it's very simple to learn in the way that it, uh, we teach it. Very simple, very fun. So at any rate, you know, I might walk outside and I see number 44 and that's ba-pa, ba-pa, right? And mm -hmm. it's bulletproof. I say, that's bulletproof integrity. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. So I might walk into the parking lot, look at my new car, my new bike. And as I'm walking up, I see the license plate and there's already a whole freaking brrr. Images, emotions, whole story. You know, what's your exit strategy for work? What's your corporate structure going to look like for your next business and nonprofit? Uh, what do you see you and your wife? What are the experiences you want to have? The contributions you want to make? The emotions you want to have? You know, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months from now. So much information is out there that I've taken the time to program to emit, yeah. which is time backwards, E-M-I-T, to emit into the future, encode it into the story, let it feedback because my brain and nervous system has had never had 44 mean that before. So when I see it, it's like, huh, what do I want to do? Look up and see the Budweiser sign or do I want to see all these kick-ass messages around me? Because Tony Robbins told me I want to interrupt the pattern. He said, I want to create new neural associative conditioning. Deepak Tropa told me that my body mind is communicating to itself all the time. That as I create these new probabilities in my mind, I amplify these probabilities in the field outside of me. Well, yeah. Bruce Lipton told me if I can create these new emotional states, I can change my cellular regeneration i can change the epigenetics and my basically my genetic destiny and you know harvard medical school dr ellen langer says you want to have longevity you want to live to be 100 even longer the biggest key to that two things one community learn how to build that number two keep being a kid keep mm -hmm. being a kid you know if you're constantly having that same attitude of being like taking those risks having yeah. that fun creating those emotional explosions inside of the body mind right or 
Like for me, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. I walked out of the hospital. I said, you know what? I ain't going back. I'm going to figure out how to heal myself or I'm going to die. And uh, so I studied all these people. And when I got done studying them, I was like, geez, Louise, man, I, I did everything Tony said, Deepak said, Carolyn said, Bruce, I'm going to be studying meditating, affirmations, visuals. I don't even have enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have enough time in the day. So I needed to create a system where it happened automatically. And within six months, no cancer. I had a tumor about the size of a softball between my lower lumbar and my sacrum, pressing down my sciatic nerve. Sorry, I lied there. Six months after I was diagnosed, I had had this autobiographical feedback system created. Three months later, I had no cancer mm-hmm. after that. Why? Because I was creating the healing response. Boom, boom, boom. You can go to Hoffman Maroche. Sorry, I'm going I'm to always no, be keep going. Yeah. You can go to Hoffman Maroche and buy the most pow- one of the most powerful anti-cancer drugs called Interleukin-2. Or I can have a kick-ass life and have my thymus gland create real interleukin and get it for free. Once yeah. I learn how my thoughts and emotions create what's outside and will create what's inside, bam. So I think I'm on it. I'm th- I right. think I'm on it. This is the technology which almost kind of does it reprogram the feedback with the obviously the amount of notifications, marketing, everything that we're fed with uh-huh. reprograms our interpretation of it in the kick ass story that now triggers those thoughts in the way to manifest the behaviors, the activities, the reactions, and really the chemical releases within the body towards the direction of that kick-ass story no (laughs) (laughs) well this is but this is why i think this is this is so important what you're doing because when we start with cause of the matrix but the the solution and and healing the matrix i can understand every every time you're unraveling what it all what it's all about the reality of what people feel you're hitting it on the head. Like I, I know a lot of people listening right now are like, shit, this guy knows me. Like, has this guy been following me? Like, and because we do live a life where I don't want to see those 60,000 marketing messages every day. I don't want to see all that. Right. Right. I don't want to, but we think, okay, that's our reality. No, exactly. We think it is. We think it is. We have, we have uh, tens of thousands, tens of thousands of precognitive commitments and preconditioned emotional responses to this construct that's around us, but it's not real. It's not so we real. need to reprogram that. We need to change it. We don't or, need to. We have an opportunity to step yeah. into our brilliance and go kick some ass, take our power back, and make this happen. So, do you know what the reticular activation system is? Yeah. Okay. So tell me about it, please. Reticular activation system. Uh, oh, I completely thought it was something else, actually. <laughs> it's okay so reticular activation system is uh, used in a lot of contexts uh, as an example um navy fighter pilots they train their reticular activation system they go to fly inverted right so that okay. they can see the opposite direction i thought it was like training like specific reactions like you know like high like navy seals training so they operate the same way in different you know scenarios like you you don't you don't rise to your training or you don't rise to the occasion you fall to your preparation type thing i thought it was more of that no, nope, nope. But what kind of car do you have? Or biker? Or I just have a, a Honda. Okay. How often do you see uh, th- that same type of Honda around? Everywhere. Everywhere. Why? Because you have an emotional connection to that vehicle. Okay. Okay. So when we create this story that's encoded into numbers, signs, and symbols, you're going to have a far more of an emotional connection to your story than you are to the stupid messages you're getting from the outside. There's a the part of your brain, the frontal cortex, when you start to learn this language and you're like actually looking around, there's a super highway that goes from the back of your brain, the visual cortex to the frontal lobe, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's going to explode throughout the brain with new connections everywhere because you're going to have an emotional connection to the story that you created as you're learning and reading And as the universe is talking to you, you're literally creating a language to allow the universe to talk to you. Why? Because the language, the universe is always talking to you. Now, give me a moment. Let me step into something. You started attacked a little bit ago that I want to come back to. You were, you were asking like, yeah, there's this part of us, right? It makes us feel like, you know, there's, there's something else there. There's something more. I feel like this itch in the back of me that I, you know, what is it? Well, we're multidimensional. 
We're multidimensional, man. This third dimensional part of us lives here in this 3D reality. The fourth dimension, Google it, is time. So we live in this, we think we live in a timeline, but it's not really a linear timeline. There's actually, everything's happening at once, but because the human brain only takes in less than a billionth of the information that's going on around us at one time, because otherwise we go crazy, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we have this linear concept, which is slipping, by the way, because we're starting mm -hmm. to get into more of a multiverse mindset as our culture is changing, our mythos is changing as new... Marvel comics, et cetera, et cetera. So they're opening us up to like, wow, like that, that taps on something for me too. Mm -hmm. So we also have this second dimensional part of us, which is the polarity. You know, it's the good versus evil. It's the up versus down. It's the, you know, him versus her or however you want to look at it, right and wrong, et cetera. So that's built into our construct, into this third dimensional reality, this polarity. But we also have the first dimension, which is the unity. That's also mm -hmm. part of the construct. It's just as real as the polarity is. It's just as real as the third dimension is, which is real, but it's only a small piece of it. The fourth dimension is time right now. It's linear, but it's actually holistic. But So we're slipping into that holistic model. The fifth dimension of who we are is awareness. And as we become more and more aware, it's like, where's your state of awareness with these first five dimensions? And they're not really stacked that way. They're just labeled. Yeah. But the sixth dimension is this part of you that's the architect that's behind the scenes that made a soul contract before you got here saying like, yo, Ted, this is what your life's going to be about. You're going to have these challenges that we're going to pop up. You know, we're going to throw some reflections in your way. Actually, you're going to create the reflections while you're down there, but you're not going to know that you're creating these reflections. And the reason you're creating these reflections out there that are going to try to push you in certain directions because you're not listening to me, the sixth dimensional part of you, the saying that's why you're there. Because mm -hmm. you're going to try to hold on to these tens of thousands of hours of precognitive commitments and emotional responses to what you think the world is yeah yeah <laughs> and you're going to call that resistance <laughs> but at some point as your fifth dimensional part of you starts to wake up to that awareness you're going to realize like wow the more i move towards that that blueprint of that butterfly the more it moves towards me like holy shit maybe i don't have to as much doubt and fear as i thought mm. like maybe like part of me is dying as i give up my linear construct of time maybe part of me is dying as i'm embracing that part of me that's the first dimensional unity maybe part of me is dying as i'm moving away from that polarity of that second dimensional part of me well maybe part of me is dying as i'm listening more to that sixth dimensional architect that's inside of me just trying to communicate from back here like push through and then project through this hologram you know like here's the lessons you got like oh oh wait a second he's actually going on the right path all right yeah. let's there's going to be some resistance for a little while because he's that old part of him is dying. He's got that cellular addiction to these precognitive commitments and preconditioned emotional responses. But as he keeps going, those will die off and this new part of him will be born. Right. Yeah. So that's where this autobiographical story comes from is that six dimensional part. And the rest of you has got to just surrender. Be like, yo, let me throw out this epic story. See what happens. Let it feed back. Let me contextualize it. Mm -hmm. Let me work with the mechanics of consciousness. Let me work with what I know about probabilities amplifying in the quantum field. Let me work with what I know about cellular regeneration, epigenetics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to take control over the direction of my thoughts and the quality of my emotions and realize that this avatar bio suit I wear is actually a vehicle. Yeah. As I shift my emotional state, I actually, I am actually attracting and creating a new vibration from the cells, from actually from the atoms. We breathe in six, we breathe in 25 sextillion atoms in every breath. <laughs> as we become more conscious, imagine coherent breathing and coherent thinking and coherent feeling all at the same time. Be like, yo, at this moment, I'm breathing in 25 sextillion atoms and I'm charging them, giving them direction of who they're going to become in my body as I do. I'm becoming so aware of my breath. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I'm not, I'm not like a river, you know, you can't yeah. step into the same Leo twice. So I can create myself anew every breath. That's amazing. Starting. Yeah. So I am blown away, Leo. I just want you to know that Good. because I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing so much because, um, it's almost like a massive review for somebody like me, where I, I've, I've read, I don't know if you see over my right shoulder, you, you mentioned uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, breaking the habit of being yourself over my right shoulder or my left shoulder, The Alchemist, very popular book. And you talk about, you touch on the epigenetics and really kind of honing down on a lot of these ancient practices that might've been explored. Maybe some of uh, our listeners have dabbled and worked with in its individual in its individuality and they think to themselves why is this not working and it seems as though you kind of did the hard work you looked at the full picture you built you you identified the web 
of how this is all connected. You've identified the web on how this works together for its flow and for its implementation for us to fully understand where while our meat avatars and everybody loves the, there are no strings on me, but maybe we need those strings. Maybe we need to let uh, that sixth consciousness, the sixth dimension have those strings to help us break free from the confines of the structure, the social structure in which we found ourselves in, we've been programmed into, and we're under the control of the wrong strings and we need to take those strings back. So there are strings on us. We just don't have the control of our own strings and we need to cease that with this technology that you've created. Surrender to that. Surrender to that. Surrender to that. So that's where that masculine is actually being guided by the feminine, like the Native Americans who are like, okay, you ready to go to war? Mm-hmm. Let's go to war. Man. So I'm pulling out my sword right now by listening to that feminine and surrendering. Yeah. yeah. Because you realize what you're in and where you now want to go. Uh-huh. Man. And I also, and I also realized that um, I came here because I wanted to experience polarity. I wanted to experience the roller coaster of being a human being. Yeah. And you know what? So I was in Costa Rica a while back and I was having a conversation with some entrepreneurs and uh, we were talking about like, hey man, we're on a bullet train, getting ready to go over this cliff here with AI and nuclear war and food crisis and you know financial resets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are we gonna do? And I was like, honestly, I said, human beings, historically are more motivated by pain than they are by pleasure. Mm-hmm. We probably created this whole storyline in order to create so much pain that we're like, all right, screw it. I'm going to start moving towards my destiny, my dreams, my desires, you know, yeah. what I'm here to do because I got nothing to lose now. There's never been a time, more, more poignant time in human history to say like, fuck it. I'm going for my dreams because yeah. shoot, we could all be dead. I mean, Ray Kurzweil, one of the uh, best highest ranked accuracy experts in futurism says we're going to have singularity on the planet by uh, 2029. Yeah. When these technologies of quantum computing and AI and all this stuff merges together as it's merging together, robotics, mm-hmm. nanotechnology, et cetera, we're going to be lost as a species and mm-hmm. be moving into the mechanical butterfly instead of the biological butterflies that we have. I would like to experience yeah. the best of humanity before we give it up. Personally. Yeah. And I think we've already seen kind of the start of that with the pandemic and how we've been talking about the great resignation where people are quitting their jobs in mass. And yeah. you think to yourself, well, where are they going? What are they doing? And yeah. in the process of the past few years, I've seen a lot of people leaning into the coaching realm and, and into uh, teaching others and just pouring into others. And almost like the story of service where the ironic thing is, when I, in, in our pre-interview, I mentioned, you know, hey man, I had a couple of days of, of doubt, right? I had a little run with doubt in my business and just who, my capacity and, and you know, the little little voice in the back of the head of negativity. You know what got me out of it, man? Doing a couple of podcasts and pouring into other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pouring into and just yeah. sharing what yeah. I know. And, yes. and like, yes. it was just like, how, yes. how does my, my service of others heal my personal experience it's not your service of others bro it's the service of you as we change how we interact with ourselves, man as we recreate it now so we have something called psychoneuroimmunology well like let's say i have a friend who was recently you know they they said you might have some cancer but we'll give you the results in two weeks my friend was like two weeks what the (laughs) fuck right and i was like yo man Whatever you do, you know, start working on getting into that freaking warrior mode because you want your T cells, you want everything. You want all, all, you want all the fighter cells inside of your body to get into warrior mode right now. What you don't want to do is get into a depressed mode where you're focusing on maybe you got cancer. Cause if you do, you're going to probably have cancer. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's going to speed up that process where you focus is where you go. Yeah, exactly. So that same truth in psychoneuroimmunology relates to everything. You like when Christ said, you too can move this mountain if you only had the belief of a, of a mustard seed, right? Or, mm-hmm. or you healed yourself. People are like, thanks, Christ. He's like, no, no, no. It was your belief that did it, right? Yeah. So our belief in, in how we see ourselves in relation, how I see myself in relationship to you, when I really get clear, no, no you're me. You're me. I'm serving me. Maybe it makes me feel better to think I'm serving you because I'm in a funk. Yeah. But the reality is, so like 
If I said, uh, all right, Ted, do me a favor. Let me get a little sample of saliva. And I got some and I stuck it in a dish and I poured some water and I gave it to a little mouse, right? Little mouse drinks it, beep, runs away. Then I say, all right, Ted, now I want you to like vividly think of somebody you just fucking can't stand. Somebody you just can't stand. Do that for a couple of minutes. Let me take a saliva, put it in a dish, add a little bit of water, give it to a mouse. Mouse is going to drink it. Might pass over dead. Definitely going to get sick. Really? Yeah. Want to know why? Because your unconscious, which is only unconscious because it hasn't opened up into a deeper awareness of self. So I think unconscious mind is a myth. It's a myth. So that unconscious part of yourself realizes when you're thinking about that other person you hate, you're actually thinking about yourself. So you're killing yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why when they ask like Christ and I'm not a big Christian, I'm not in religion, throw it out the door for me. But when they said I God bless them though, man. I love Christ. I love Christ's teachings, all of that stuff. Church, set it aside. So, but when, you know, they were asked, when he was asked, like, you know, what's the, what's the number one thing you need to do? And he's like, love another person as yourself, schmuck. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> ever since you, yeah, you know, like, like, come on, like, can we just like, you know, barely, barely, I say unto thee, like, please give me a break, you know, like, yeah. can you get this one concept and we'll solve so many problems, right? Yeah. So this autobiographical feedback, is because we live in a self-referring universe. If you were to ask a good quantum physicist or a good neuroscientist to describe what's the human body, they would say you're a non-localized self-referring cybernetic feedback loop. Duh, of course. So I'm non-local because every one of my atoms expands out, collapses, you know, thousands of trillions of times a second. Yeah. Non-local, self-referring. Everything I look at is me. You know, that's why I say namaste, matakuyasa, in Lakesh, hello and other myself, all of my relations, all of these types of things from all these ancient languages. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to me, right? Yeah. So non-localized, self-referring, cybernetic. That's the, diddy, 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 the connections we have internally, you know, in our neural networks. Change those, change everything. Mind is hmm. primary, matter is secondary. Non-localized, self-referring, cybernetic feedback loop. So you create autobiographical feedback, okay? That new story. Let it start. Diddy, 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 diddy. Mind's primary, matter secondary. Watch the probabilities amplify in a totally different way very soon as your emotions begin to change. Your, your 6,000 thoughts change each day because you'll be firing and wiring new ones so the old ones will atrophy. Yeah. Okay? Now, again, I tell you, Joe Dispenza's work, all these guys, it's, it's great stuff, but it's information. We need to get out of the information age and get into the implementation age. Yeah. Okay? Like, come on. I got enough information. Right. I don't, I, let, me, let me put this stuff into use, you know? Yeah. That's why all the PhDs and all the people who have all this knowledge or whatnot, you think, okay, the smartest person in the world, why are they not the richest person in the world? And I know the more you learn, the more you earn and things like that, but you have so many people who've done the workshops, they've read all the books, they've gone to the conferences and they're like, I've done it all, but I'm still not there. It's like, cause that implementation is missing or, you know, you're just getting the information, but you're, you're not completely surrendering fully to the path in which your story can be. It's impossible. Why? Because we got these 60,000 messages bombarding us every day. Unless we have something to compete with that, because we got those 60,000 messages plus the 95% of our thoughts are the same thoughts we had every day in the past. Those two enemies, they need an enemy equal to or greater than them, Mm. which is autobiographical feedback. This language that trains the reticular activation system to tune into that instead of your old story instead of the marketing that's out there, right? Yeah. And again, it's leveraging ancient technology with the most modern cutting edge technology, as well as the hottest transformational technology all into one system. Yeah. Because we're non-localized, self-referring cybernetic feedback. So autobiographical feedback is your autobiography feeding back to you. It's also automatically creating a new biology mm-hmm. with the feedback. Nice. Yeah. Leo, I want to make sure that our audience and and our get and of course those that are watching on YouTube can connect with you, can can get, learn more because I feel like we've only scratched the surface on, on what this can do totally. for people. Totally. And 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 that I, I wanted folks to know, like I wanted to push this episode past the thirty minutes that we usually do. We're in about 40, 50 minutes because I I know this can help someone out. So please uh, share the resources, links socials how they can reach you learn more on the amazing work you're doing with i am the matrix and learn more about autobiographical feedback cool let me explain it let me tell you a little bit first of all let's give all of your listeners uh 25 off if they 
are open to jumping into this. Again, yeah. 100% money back guaranteed. If a person who goes through our Language of Enlightenment series doesn't have far more control over the direction of their thoughts, quality, their emotions, quality, their life, and understand like, holy shit, this is how it all works. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel that way, they get all their money back, right? So not even a concern. We're here to freaking kill it. Kill yeah. it. Change the world. We're putting this language into tw- the top 25 languages on the planet right now to get this out there as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So the uh, promo code, if they're interested, is uh, FNF. Friends and family. FNF. Simple as that. Okay. And uh, go to imthematrix.com. Check out the Great Spiritual Reset, which is part one of the Language of Enlightenment series, three-part series. And um, yeah, man, I mean, like, Mind's primary, matter's secondary. It should be a no-brainer. Soon it will be a no-brainer because where attention goes, energy flows, and reality grows. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. That is my quote. So Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Look, Leo, I appreciate you with this episode. I appreciate you uh, extending the time a little bit with us so we could really dive deep into this because uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, and, and I am so thankful for you giving us the time today, and I know the audience got a lot of value from it. So I, Bro, I appreciate I'm, you being on, man. You bet, man. And I'm super looking forward to uh, staying shoulder to shoulder and go out there and change the world, man. Let's do yeah. it. Hey, let's do it. And I'm going to do my best to kind of recap some of the bombs that you dropped. There were so many, um, but at the very first, when you mentioned we are the cause of the matrix, but we are the cure of the matrix. I just want people to hear that again in terms of just knowing that. And part of our problem with our masculine is we're not taking care of the feminine, understanding that and the and the and the focus on sacrifice, all life that comes through sacrifice. That was beautiful and amazing, brother. And then stalking the wild pendulum. Just wanted to say that again for you said, get that book, folks. Yeah. Get that book if you can. It's and of like course, is the author. It's like Ben Tuff. Exact Ben Tuff. And I'll put make sure to put a link in the show notes as well. And then um also, how many thoughts are yours? You mentioned how many thoughts we have and how many distractions and, and marketing uh, that we get exposed to each and every single day. How many times do we actually think to ourselves, how many thoughts are actually our own? We need to surrender to our true selves and, and also understand how we're really navigating this world in terms of the mind being primary and matter being secondary, something to really reshape the way we approach things and really reshape, reshape the way we approach life. And that approach would be useless if you don't have the proper defenses to to shield yourself from the offenses of this societal structure that is onslaughting you each and every single day with countless distractions, information, notifications, cookies. You get the little cash at the bottom. Oh, this website sends cookies. Of course you send cookies. I, I don't have any milk to go with it. But this autobiographical feedback technology, setting you up with that defense and rewriting that story, mm-hmm. that technology helping you to live that amazing story that you know you can live. Leo, thank you so much. I know the folks are getting a lot of value from this and I can't wait for them to connect with you and get even more and even deeper, brother. Right on, Ted. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And to the listeners, the watchers, everybody, please keep supporting us. We appreciate it. And the best thing you could do is leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. Share this episode with a friend that you know needs to hear it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you can get a new episode each and every single week. We appreciate you and love you. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. (laughs) 